and welcome to For Book's Sake. I am Heather Roberts. I am Veronica Adams. We are 1852 Media. We are. And today we are going to be talking about success. What makes success in a book? In a in a release. What what is success? What constitutes success? Yes. How, how do you measure success? And how do you market for success? Is it different for the you different kind of book? You gotta define it before you can measure right. it, right? Exactly. Everything feels very blurry sometimes for an author when they're trying to figure out, you know, how to market a book and yeah. what what they should be doing. So the simplest way to cut through all of that is to figure out what are your goals. Yep. What's what is to you? what is success to you? What does that mean? So, I mean, there's there's several ways to define success. Yes. The number One of pre-orders. Is, yeah. The sure. amount of money you make within a certain period of time. The number of reviews organically generated or artificially organized behind <laughs> organized. the scenes pre-release. Yeah. 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 There's there's tons of, I mean. Hitting a list. Hitting a list is one measure of success. Being nominated for or winning some sort of award or accolade. Yeah. And the thing is, if you look at the numbers, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. And I should probably have looked this up before I started talking about it. But traditionally published books, there are so many that do not sell like a thousand books in a year. I mean, there's, I think it's like 60 some percent. Like it is a very high percentage an obvious majority of traditionally published books are not commercially successful correct and so the way that they work it is they invest in a whole bunch of different books and then you know decide pick and choose which ones they're going to actually invest their money in right uh and then they try to make those sell really really well and then everybody else gets whatever and they might get their money back. They might make some money off them. They might not make some money off them. It's, you know, that's their business model. Uh, But if you are independently published, you, you are the, you are doing it all. So the success or failure of a book release, depending upon how you're defining that, right. 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 Really matters uh, to your bottom line. You don't have the same ability to just in, invest in, you know, one or two titles and not care about the rest. Although some authors do do that to a certain degree, and we can talk about that because that's when you're when you start having larger, you know, more releases every year, and you're not releasing two books in a year, right? Or you know, uh, one book in a year. You're releasing twelve books in a year. Which, you, by the way, for those of you who are doing that, pat yourselves on the back because holy crap. Yeah. It's amazing. What a feat that is. But not every book out of those 12 books is going to get the royal treatment. Right. You know, they're right. not all going to get the massive push. So, you know, you need to decide what books are going to not matter more to you, but more of your advertising dollars should be allocated to it for whatever strategic reason. It's it is like life in general, right? Like yeah. you, you're you have a limited amount of time, mm-hmm. a limited number of resources, and a limited amount of energy, and you're just constantly triaging the things that need to get part of you or part of your budget or part of you know whatever, right? Like 
it's the same thing with your book business in terms of writing and publishing. It doesn't matter how many books you're putting out. It's how are you going to organize which books get the, the most, the, the, yeah, the most of your resources, time and attention and which ones maybe you're not going to get quite as much of your resources, time and attention. Right. Like for, I'll give you an example. So if you have a novella coming out, mm-hmm. you might not be putting forth the full court press for right. that novella. Right. You're going to do what we call a soft release. Yes. Which is releasing it. You'll do a little bit of promo. You're obviously sending it to your newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might you're letting your readers ads. know it's available. Yeah. You're yeah. doing the basic stuff for that novella. Yes. Marketing for, 101. Yeah. Basic, basic stuff. What you're not likely to do is all of the bells and whistles stuff in the way that you would if you had a book one of a brand new series coming out where you have planned, you know, seven, eight, ten books in that series. And it's it doesn't even have to be a like series series where people have to read through, right? Like a trilogy or or any of that. It can be a standalone series, but when you're releasing book one, it's a bigger punch to get as many readers as possible into that series than if you're releasing book seven in that series, you know, even if they're all standalone. Right. So that's when you want to start thinking about doing things like book boxes, big giveaways, massive newsletter swaps with other authors within your genre. Paid influencer promotions. Right. A higher ad spend. Yep. You're going to put more of your marketing dollars there. Exclusive alternate covers available only in your store. Right. Yeah. Swag. Giveaways. Yep. All of that. Mm -hmm. The bells and whistles, shall I say, (laughs) for these. And yeah, that's where you're going to treat your titles differently as an indie with the same type of business model that the trad publishers use. The difference is that you are your own business with all books are you, whereas in their business, the books are owned, you know, written uh, by other people. And so they don't, and they're also potentially ones that could be a full court press and they just pass it over. So here's the strategy is different. Yeah. Well, most of those books are probably good books. Obviously, Mm -hmm. listen, Traditional publishers don't have time to waste investing any of their resources, even a limited number of them, on a on a bad book. Mm-hmm. So yeah. by and large, good book, probably well edited in most cases, maybe not in all of them, depends on the press, right? Most though, yeah. Um, well edited, probably an enjoyable book for a lot of readers, but it's mm-hmm. getting it out in front of the readers where the effort really changes. And right. only a small percentage of the traditionally published books get that energy. Correct. Um, you, you want to employ the same strategy. Like your books need to be the same level of quality across the board. There needs to oh, be absolutely. Consistency. Yeah. Um, but you too have to make decisions about which of your books are going to get the lion's share of the resources and which ones are not. And it's oftentimes for some of the newer authors, they're probably listening to this and like, wow, that's going to be expensive. Yes. Yes, it is. It, it is. is expensive. You got to spend money you, to make money. Right. And you have to often build yourself up for that. 
Or you have to be willing to invest a certain amount of capital knowing that you may not see a return on that in the first year or even 18 months. Right. And you also have to consistently be putting things out during that time because the more books that you publish, the more products you have to offer and thus the more opportunities for making money. I think about, I think about authors that we do work with or have worked with who attend various conferences Mm -hmm. and they see presentations on different marketing tactics, advertising, and they hear from repeat list makers with brands that are a hundred times larger and more established than their own about spending seven figures a year on Amazon ads or dropping four to five figures a day on Facebook ads. Like Mm -hmm. you don't get there overnight, but yeah, eventually that's what it takes to get to the level level of success of people who are, are sharing these secrets with you and talking to you about what they spend. I mean, that's, It is pay for for play. Yeah. And Rome wasn't built in a day. So you've got to start somewhere and invest what you can. And a lot of those authors. In the long-term growth to get there. Right. A lot of those authors have been building their brands for a decade or more. Or more. Or more. Yeah. So it's, as Veronica said, it's not built in a day. They did not have overnight success. This is, you know. Uh, It is possible. And we talk, I mean, I've seen a lot of books go viral because of TikTok, right? Like that is a very big portion of the industry now uh, that is newer and can make a huge difference in someone's life. But the problem that I'm seeing is that oftentimes it's a flash in a pan. Unless you're consistently getting videos to go viral on new books that, you know, you have coming out, you might have one that goes viral and you have an amazing success with it, but that does not automatically make all of those people now your readers. It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it does. Sometimes authors have been able to capture their audience's attention and maintain it. But I've also seen situations where authors have had a video go viral. They get uh, you know, their book goes up into the close to the top 100 or in the top 100, right? It's it's amazing. And then the next release, it does not perform in the same way. Right. And they're like, where'd all the readers go? It's like that, you know, the song, like, where did all the cowboys? Yeah. Like, where did they go? Having a Paula Cole moment for yeah. the readers. Um, I mean, guys, I'm almost 40. This is what you get. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, we're we're elder millennials or zennials, I think sometimes we are referred to. That mm-hmm. so you're hazy, foggy area between Gen X and the millennials. So you're gonna get '90s and early 2000s song for references sure. Uh, sure. frequently, but it it's true. TikTok has worked for some authors because they've been able to connect with their audience in a parasocial way. For those that I'm seeing consistency for, that is really what they've managed to do. Others that don't have that um, have to consistently keep posting their promo teasers and things like that in order to keep elevating their titles. Right. It's a lot of work, but also it's you doing free work and free labor. Well, free, you know what I'm saying? It's, It's time for money instead of money for money. Right. So you're using time as your resource 
to make all of those images and post them and consistently do that as opposed to spending money on advertising. However, the, the dark side of that, the opposite side of that, the unfortunate side of that is that if you're exchanging time for money instead of money for money, you're not writing. That's true. Right. You're giving something else up to do that. Right. Right. And that's why it's a marathon because you have to balance the exchange so that you can continue to produce books on some routine schedule, whether it's two a year or 12 a year. Right. In order to continue progressing and earning more money to spend money to make money or to exchange more of your time for money. And what the cycle continues. And what can happen over time is if you consistently get, keep posting and you get one of your titles to go viral and then another one to go viral and another one to get viral. Eventually your books are going to get the notice of some of the influencers, right? Because they're on the same platforms and they're looking for new things to read. And then that's when it starts becoming more organic that you're not pushing it as much, but it takes a long time and a little bit of luck to get there. So you can't, you can't bank on that happening. You know, it's not going to happen the first TikTok you post. Very you can unlikely. try to woo some of the influencers and become absolutely a, a brand that they are willing to organically share. Absolutely. That's a possibility for sure. Um, but I'm just saying like, there's, there's several ways to, you know, to do it. And it's right. not always, you know, as, as easy as some like to think that it is. I mean, I see those TikToks and I'm sure you do too, where they're like, just publish on KDP and you can make money from home. And you're like, yeah, okay. Like that's, yeah, that's, it, I mean, it's not that simple. Maybe in 2014. Right. Like, yeah, in 2014, you could basically publish something and it would sell uh, without doing much of anything because the Amazon algorithm was such that it, and what was available, you know, it was such that, uh, you know, there was space for that. Now we're in such an oversaturated land that you have to really market yourself differently, you know, push yourself and promote yourself. Yeah. We've, we've reached critical mass, especially in romance. I don't know that this is necessarily true in other genres, but we've reached critical mass where authors are leaving KU now. Right. Because it's not nearly as lucrative as it used to be, even mm-hmm. for authors who've had a lot of success in KU, yeah. maybe have made almost all of their money in KU. I'm They're not... leaving for yeah. wide and Kobo plus or self-distribution or a combination of the two. And hoping for the best because there's just too much competition and the pay to play thing, the amount of money you have to invest in advertising does not provide the same level of return that it used to in that particular setup. Uh, Exactly. Well, and it's also true that there's not, I don't think as many people joining KU Mm-hmm. as there once was. Sure. Um, so it's it's also the audience, right, of new potential sure. readers For is sure. is being tapped. And, you know, I've had some clients who are, you know, going wide uh, because of the KU situation. They, I mean, for those that don't know, they have dropped payments per page down to levels <laughs> that have never, never been seen before. before. Seen. Yeah. Yeah. 
they are low. They are. You thought you thought KENP royalties were in the basement. You had no idea how much lower they could go. <laughs> you didn't know that there was ten more floors below you. Yeah, and here man, we are. it's terrible. It is so low. And, you know, people are saying, oh, it might pick back up. There are some who are willing to ride it out and are and are hoping that it'll pick back up. But it's really made a major impact on a lot of people. Absolutely. We've had some clients who've had to, you know, going, you know, they were full-time authors and now they no longer can be full-time authors because right. of the impact that that payment structure has been. That it literally, you're doing the same work. Right. And it's, they just gave you a pay cut. Right. Right. You're That's, investing in, uh, you're spending more money right. on an ad campaign with the expectation that that $100 is going to turn into what has historically been, let's just say $500 in royalties, sure. right? I would spend a hundred to make 500 all day, every day. No of course. questions asked. But now your hundred dollars spent marketing as far as KU is concerned is only netting you two fifty. Still a good return, but, but not the same have level. Just been cut in half, right? So you it's, know. and when you extrapolate that across many books, mm-hmm. authors are seeing their incomes literally sliced in half, yes. if if not more, and yeah. they everything is more expensive now. Yes, everything's more expensive. Book covers sure. are more Everybody expensive. Everybody's raised rates. Everything. Everyone's right because yeah. of inflation. So yes. any sort of marketing support that you're going to get is going to be more expensive than it was, which cuts into your margins. Ad and clicks. I mean, just just pay for click advertising, advertising is more expensive. Is, yes, I mean, this Book is making the- <laughs> are more expensive. I you know like just everything. And this is making the industry sound so bleak, but I think it's important to know what you're up against. Because you need to realize that this is not going to be the easy, get rich quick thing that oftentimes people on the internet like to make it out to be. And that's why it's so important to have a definition of success so that you can measure it for every stage of the process that you find yourself in on this journey. Because what success looks like to you, what realistic success should look like to you as a debut author because mm-hmm. having partnered with many debut authors in the past, I know sometimes it's a little bit, a little bit difficult to match expectation sure. with reality when it's your first go around. But if you're relatively new, if you're brand new, or you've only published a handful of books, it's very important to have a realistic expectation yeah. and to be able to measure your success in a in a realistic growth metric, mm-hmm. so that you don't get to start discouraged, so that you can stay the course, so right. that. This is you a know, marathon. You have ten to remember. Years from now, yeah. you have one of those really recognizable, commercially successful brands. And that's really part of it. It's being able to hang in mm-hmm. when things are really bleak. Yeah. Because things will, everything is cyclical in this industry. There are some really low lows, and then there's mm-hmm. some amazing high highs. So well, and sometimes and we've seen timing it. is just everything, yeah. right? Like you get lucky or you get unlucky. You, you know. Right. <sighs> so Nobody has a crystal ball. Yeah. Nobody can guarantee you that when you do X, Y, or Z, it's going to be the perfect time to execute it. Correct. So you need to, yeah, you really need to think about those success metrics and what they mean for you. And 
you know, be in it. If you're a hobby writer and by hobby writer, I mean somebody who's not treating this as a career. You have a day job. You, you have something that you've poured your life and into. And you're not trying. Is, yeah. You're not trying to make it into a career. This is a, a creative outlet that you've monetized yes. or it's a side hustle that you, I mean, you know. That you enjoy, you, but right. It funds it, your vacation every year or something, whatever. Right. Yeah. If that's, you know, your situation, then, you know, that's fine. Then you know that. Just be realistic about that. If this is, you know, your career, then you need to be willing to hang in there for the long haul. And you also need to be doing the right things, writing more, writing as much as possible so that you can keep producing and stay ahead of the market and make sure that you have something to be able to, you know, put out into the market to be able to consistently get returns back on because every release is not going to be the same. No. The the goal is to build on every release, uh, but every release is not going to be the same. Right. It it can be very frustrating too. You as the author also have to appreciate the differences from one book to the next or one series to the next, right? Like, the idea is to find something that readers respond positively to and that sells well yeah. and to capture that and reproduce it as many times as possible. If, if commercial success is, is your measure of, of success, right? Like if you're looking to make money, yeah, which not, not necessarily everybody is. Most people we work with are, yeah, but generally speaking, when you change from characters in an interconnected story or from one series to a spinoff series, things change. You're, you're losing something from the original that probably is not going to be, uh, that you're not going to appreciate in the replication or in the spinoff or in the next volume. And so you, you have to be prepared for things to do better than you expect. And also for things to not go as well as you expect. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it is, it is hard out there right now. I think especially in this economy, uh, with yeah. inflation, the way that it is. Yeah. With, people, with, people are spending more on necessities and they have a yeah. significantly lower budget for the pleasure activities. Right. Um, with page reads the way that it is, it's, yep. it's harder, you know, everything's more expensive, but you as the author too, you know, you really need to consider the price of your books too. You need to be considering, you know, should I be raising my, my the prices of my books? Uh, in romance especially, I think it is, you know, historically uh, true that romance has always had, you know, the lowest prices. Mm-hmm. If there's so many other, like if you look at mystery and things like that, yes. it is very common to see $12.99, $14.99, any, $7.99 is a deal. Over in a yes, mystery it is. It is. <laughs> or thriller title, uh, whereas in romance, if you know two ninety nine and three ninety nine is pretty much the norm, I am seeing more four ninety nines now as the norm, which I think is great, honestly, from the author perspective. As the reader perspective, to you know, of course, I'm paying more for my titles, but at the same time, authors are getting compensated more, which yeah. they they need to be. <laughs> they need to be. Uh, and it's a dollar extra. Skip your coffee for a day. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I think authors really need to look at their price structures. Gone are the days or the 99 cent free in KU. 
Kindle stuffing days. Those days are over. Thank God. They should be over. The glory days. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was very frustrating time, though. It really was because there were so many authors who wanted to value their work higher but felt that they couldn't because Because other people were cheating the system. Yeah. Cause the market was such that if your book wasn't 99 cents and freeing KU that nobody would, nobody would touch it. It was harder. I wouldn't say nobody, but you know what I mean? It was harder to sell. I feel like that was a period of time in which we as a company also saw a lot of clients just give up and walk away from their businesses. Like Mm -hmm. that was the era in which I think we've had the most, uh, collaborators yeah, turn no over. longer even be writing at this point. Right. Like yeah. those, those folks have just said, you know what, I'm going to try something else or I'm just going to hang this up and forget that I did it. Yeah. I, so for those that are lamenting about the tough times, there have been other tough times. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, this is not the only time uh, that things have been hard. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to validate your feelings. If you're feeling like things are harder than usual, yeah. they are. And we haven't even touched on AI and what it's doing to every corner of the industry. I mean, we've talked about that in different episodes, but yeah, in in this context. Like in this context, right? We haven't really even added that into the the mix. But yeah, that's another issue entirely. It is. In terms of. So hard. Content generation from all aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have to trust the third parties that you're working with to ensure that they're not speaking on AI particularly, Mm -hmm. that they're not using AI to sell you, you know, you're paying for a a human service and then they're turning around and giving you an AI creation that isn't commercially viable. Um, When we're speaking about book covers and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Even even ghostwriters, for example, yes. if you're hiring a ghostwriter, be very clear that it must be human generated content. Used to be the worst risk involved in hiring a ghostwriter was that they would go out and just literally rip pieces of somebody else's book and insert them into yours. But now. Yeah. Now they can do that so much easier. <laughs> now they can ask the AI algorithm Mm -hmm. robot generated whatever to dress it up and make it less detectable right still stolen though exactly so if you're using things for commercially you know commercial products you know be very wary if you're writing a description on your website of a t-shirt or something like that i don't i don't think ai generated content's your problem there chat gpt that stuff all day long you right I mean, if you're writing automated email replies to people who interact with your business, use AI. It's fine. If your newsletter service allows you to generate subject lines using their new AI tools. Sure. For it. Right. Like this is not the concern we have. The concern is with the actual commercial product that is being produced Mm -hmm. off of others. Well, yeah, so you're, you're cutting corners and cost saving in the sense that like it's cheaper to employ artificial intelligence in any way, shape, or form, right? But that artificial intelligence has been trained off of the creative labor right. of real humans who are not being compensated, nor is their work being licensed for use in training that artificial intelligence. So from the ground up, there's a little bit of theft going on there just from yeah. the very beginning. And then... You have the issue of the robots putting the humans out of work, so to speak, because there are some wonderfully talented graphic designers and photographers out there whose work is just being 
decimated Absolutely. by this new technology. It's incredibly frustrating. So, but so you have to think God, this about- was a dark picture we painted Man, for this episode. It really is. What is success? So, I- <laughs> what is success, guys? The sky is falling. Don't Getting published through- books. Just forget about oh your God. dream of being a published romance author. Like, just don't do it. Success is getting through this episode without crying. Evidently, no. But for <laughs> success, truly though, for success, you need to define it for yourself. We can't yes. define that for you. Uh, I, as Veronica said, most of the people that work with us, six, their metric of success is money. I, and frankly, yes. that's my metric of success. Happiness, right. you know, other quality of life can, things, they, concerns, they come into play, right? But money is the largest <laughs> and most pressing, uh, sure. you know, key performance indicator, sure. if you will. Uh, how much money are we making versus how much time are we putting out to do it? Uh, right. All of that. So you need to, to really look and see what are your priorities? What does success mean to you? You can get an orange banner on Amazon. That would be lovely. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean lots of sales though. Because if you pick a really- for a BookBub feature deal from yeah. the BookBub editorial staff, if you've never had one before, that's a huge measure of success. In that's terms great. Of- yeah your growth. And also mm, 75% of the time will be lucrative. So if commercial success is a factor, you're probably going to benefit from that investment. And so especially in times like these, I think perhaps something to take away from this episode is to really look at your schedule for next year. We're coming up on 2024. Yeah. Everyone should be looking ahead to 2024. Year in review. Look at the year ahead. Yeah. Look at the year and see where did I spend the most money, right? Like look at where you spent your money this year. Look at how much money came in. Look at which books it came in on. What sold the best? What didn't sell as well? Is Are there things that you can extrapolate from that? Did you spend the most money on a book that didn't sell that well, right? Like, what did you do? What didn't you do? Take a look and give yourself an analysis for this past year. And then look ahead in 2024 based upon that and say, okay, this series sold really well. Maybe I should write more in it. <laughs> you know, uh, this series got nothing. Either I'm going to cut it out or I'm going to reinvest or reimagine it in a different way. Maybe it needs new covers. Maybe it needs new blurbs. Maybe we, you know, readjust things there. This is a really nice time of reflection and planning ahead so that you can be more prepared in your brand. Absolutely. Maybe this is the year that you want to try to go wide. And please, you know, don't make that as a impulsive decision. That needs to be yeah, a no, strategic that, that decision. Planning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like one day I'm going to go wide. No, you're going to lose all of your, if you do that, you can, but you're going to lose all of your KU income and have absolutely nothing to supplement or to, yep. to replace it for maybe six months, a year, 18 months. It is a long road wide. So it needs to be a strategic plan to get you to go wide. Uh, So really look at things and decide where you want to move forward. And I think that that will help you to also determine success. What does success look like for you? Yeah. Set goals for yourself. Yeah. I think that's a positive way to end this episode. (laughs) I like that. 
And that can also be my cheerful than just the sky is falling. That can also be my marketing tip for the week. Look at, yeah, yeah. look at yourself, look at your brand. It's important to look behind and look ahead. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing that, if you're just going through the motions every single day. Or you're a pantser and you're just kind of throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. Right. Because we know you're out there. Yeah, we know. There's a lot of data there that you're missing. Yes. And that's sometimes, you know, a lot of what, what clients will come to us. And that's the first thing we'll say is, you know, like, let's look at your, your books. What's selling? What is your plan? What's your schedule? Mm-hmm. What have you been doing? What can we do differently? Yep. And there's many a times where clients will say like, I don't know, I just lost all this money, mm-hmm. like starting in this, you know, I'm just making half of what I made or what have you. Right. And you force them to go back and look and you start reviewing the data and it's, oh, I had this add-on and I decided to turn it off one day. That's happened. That has hasn't happened. It, hasn't it though? And then so yeah. you're like, okay, let's try turning it back on. And then yep. suddenly it starts performing again. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't, it, because sometimes things don't connect. You're you're in the rush. You're in the moment. You're thinking you're going to just save money for a little bit of time. And then you forget And then you don't realize all of the implications that a small thing like that has. For sure. So it's important to review and then plan forward. Absolutely. And I hope- Great tip. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Great tip. Way to to steer this ship back onto (laughs) a positive trajectory. I always do try. I think it's important to talk about realistic, you know, realistic times things that are are happening. But I also need, I I think it's very important to, you know, remember that on not all is lost, that there are still people making it in this industry and you can be one of them too. So. All right, guys, until next time. (laughs) Stay positive. (laughs) Oh,